It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar with you, along with Judd Zolgad. Judd, how are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am excited to have a football game that starts at 8.30 and ends probably around noon. And then uh, to watch football the rest of the day and into yeah. the evening. It's perfect because we, we can get done with, with what figures to not be a great game considering it includes the Cleveland Browns early and then go red zone the rest of the day. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I would take 8.30 in the morning games all day long, all season. Just Let's just play the Minnesota Vikings in London all the time. And then we could just work from here and have all the games start in the morning. Uh, do you like the fact that they're playing games in London, or are you just sort of like, eh, who cares? Um, by now, with the amount of games that they play there, I'm like, eh, whatever. I, at one time, I found it to be intriguing. And, and I do firmly believe that this league, being as greedy as it can possibly be, will eventually try and have a team base there to at least see how, how it goes. Because ultimately, I think the goal of the National Football League is to take over the entire world. <laughs> uh, but I'm to, but I'm to the point now with these individual games. There's so many of them that I'm like, eh, it's another one. It's not special by now, and and I get why they're doing it, but it sort of bores me by this point. There's a little bit of a winter classic type feel to this, where <laughs> when, when, yes. when they first started it, you were like this is really cool and look, look at their stadium and look at their fans. And this is kind of interesting. And now it's, Oh, there's a London game for the seventh straight week or how many, I don't know how many they do now, but it really does sort of feel like old hat and no big deal. And you're, if you're the home team, you're really annoyed that you lost a home date, I think, or I think the Jaguars have a deal though, where they are going over so many times uh, I yes. assume that makes them money in some way or something from the league. Well, get the team. You know what, though, the, with that franchise, it's very, very simple. Get them out of Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, you think Buffalo is bad? Your old town? I will take Buffalo 10 out of 10 times. Jacksonville, uh, how they got a team, how they had a Super Bowl, I will never get. And if that's the team that, that you want to put in London permanently, that's fine. But, I mean, most of these games are just like – you know, especially these early morning starts, it's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, at least in Buffalo, there's a good ownership, a passionate yes. fan base, and people who show up to the games for more than just to, to be in the swimming pool. 
little little exactly um, exactly. Well, the the I could uh, ask you all about the science, Judd, of sleep and uh, how the Vikings are handling going over to London, but um, I don't get the idea that you are the healthiest person in the world. So I'm just going to move on from that. Um, I sleep a lot. I, I love to sleep. I'm a big. <laughs> I'm big into sleeping. Big, big proponent of sleeping. Big proponent, yeah. The the Vikings, I guess uh, Stefan Diggs had a pretty good sleep on his way over because he woke up with that groin feeling great, and he is back to practice today, Judd. This uh, upsets you in a way? You, you don't want to see Stefan Diggs back this week? <laughs> upsets is too strong. I just, with a groin injury, when you're going to play the Cleveland Browns on a field that, that you, you know, my guess is that you're somewhat suspect about because we don't know about these fields i would sit him for this week because that gets you what a solid month off then i just told you the whole time and i you know what if he's going to play he's going to play so i'm not upset about it but i've told you this entire time that my my biggest thing is the mistake they made last year was they tried to get him back and stuff and just getting digged back for the sake of him being back yes he's a threat but he's really a threat when he can gain separation from a defensive back and so my feeling was give him a solid month to rest because he had this problem last year. And I get the fact that Diggs has come back and said it's not as bad. I'm not sure I believe him. Um, so I just think it would have been very smart to leave him back here, then get the bye week, and then you know by the time he comes back against the Redskins coming out of that bye that he's almost certainly going to be at full strength. If he tweaks it now, now we're going to enter, okay, he's got a week to rest. Now he's going to play again. and. I just think you're going down a path against Cleveland that I'm not sure it's you to go down. Well, you make a good point about coming out of the bye week and needing him to be 100% because those first two games out of the bye are pretty difficult at Washington and then home against the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, at least Washington's defense can be suspect at times, but you're going to have to score points because they have a very good offense. And then the Rams have, I think, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. They've got a lot of talent. They have some talent in the secondary, too. So they're a very tough team where I, I feel like you would really need digs. But this week, Judd, I, I think you're probably right to say you don't need Stefan Diggs to win. But when I went back and reviewed the tape, it was something that I spotted live and may have mentioned right after the game on the Purple Podcast. But Mm -hmm. when I noticed it on tape, it was even more pronounced than I thought it was how much the Baltimore Ravens didn't care about what Laquan Treadwell was doing. They left him all alone and focused their defense everywhere else. And the Vikings were able to run the ball which was the big win for them against Baltimore, a a Baltimore defense that is bad against the run in general and gave up over 200 yards the previous week. They lit lit them up with the run game, and that set up some passes later on in that game. The Browns don't do anything good except, Judd, they stop the run pretty well. They're giving up three yards a carry. They're actually number one in the league, tied right ahead of the Minnesota Vikings uh, in run defense. I, I think with Diggs, Having him back is a big deal. It's still an NFL team that you need to beat, and it is a big deal that he can spread the field and make it much more difficult for the Browns' defense to just focus everything on shutting down the run. Yeah, my my only point is, I, I here's the thing: I don't understand why they keep trying to play Treadwell. Treadwell, it, he's nothing. I mean, we we called this what three weeks ago or more. Um, if you play Adam Thielen and you play Jarius Wright and you have the ability to throw the ball, and, and this isn't a game that you need to win by 20 points. You certainly could. Uh, but if they feel that Diggs is set to go, 
it's fine. It was just my theory all, all along that if this was his first groin problem collar, I would be, I would say, okay, that's fine. I just, I see a potential repeat of last year. And the one thing I know is that for the Vikings to have success in the second half, when you've got only three road or home games left, and you're going to be playing what could be some tough road games, I just want Diggs to be as healthy as possible. So oh. that's it. That's yeah. my thinking. Yeah, no, I, I'm understandable. And it, I think your sense for it when it happened was he was going to be out more than just a week or it was going to take a little while to heal more than he was indicating in the media, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, players on injuries, they always say, nope, no big deal, no big deal. Latavius Murray doesn't have any burst for weeks, and then all of a sudden he does, but I'm sure it had nothing to do with the ankle, Latavius, right? Like now, yeah, the, exactly. You know, now he makes a, a nice cut on a play for an eight-yard gain, uh, and that wasn't happening before. But I'm sure, again, that that had nothing to do with anything, nothing to see here. I'm not hurt, I swear. Uh, that, that's what they all say. But So you called that. Uh, but I think if he feels like he's back to 100% and he's given it time through these last couple of weeks, then they can really use him back in. Um, sure. With the, the Treadwell point, now the trade deadline is coming up, Judd, and there are many thousands of wasted hours by football reporters and analysts <laughs> who are t- talking, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. talking about trades. So I won't take up too much of your time but if there is any trade that the Minnesota Vikings are going to make, wouldn't it involve Laquan Treadwell? What's his value, though? Nil, right? I mean, there's no – he could block. I guess he could play some special teams. But, Matthew, what's his value? Uh, it would probably be almost nothing unless you had a team that felt like they either needed to add one more piece or you had a rebuilding team that didn't mind giving you something like a veteran or giving you, right? I mean, think about like if you're the Cleveland Browns, it's a good example. Maybe you've got a veteran player somewhere bouncing around that's a free agent that's not going to uh, make an impact on your team or whatever impact they're going to make doesn't matter for the rest of the year. And they could really help the Vikings somewhere. I don't know where they really need help, but maybe it's at wide receiver So, okay, this guy's not working out. This guy is really young and hasn't worked out for you, but why not take that risk? I I mean, that that to me would be the only scenario where I could see it happening. Yeah, I mean, if if, believe me, if I could get a thing for him, I'd make a trade in a heartbeat. But um, there's just, to me, there's no there there. I mean, there's just nothing there. There's, yes, as as I said, he, he can block. And, yes, he can play special teams. But when you're talking about a first-round pick, as a receiver, he can't get separation. I don't think he necessarily runs the right routes. Uh, two or three times, as we talked about the Purple Podcast after Sunday's game, he has missed time jumps so badly that it's resulted in interceptions and or prob- problematic plays. Um, I told Phil this on, on the show. My comparison, Laquan Treadwell, do you remember – the Packers had this guy, and he played briefly for the Vikings, Robert Ferguson. Uh, yes, yes. Robert Ferguson is Laquan Treadwell. Now, Ferg was either a later-round draft pick, uh, so it wasn't that big a deal. But he was a really good blocker. could block downfield, and he had a couple of years where he actually caught the ball and looked okay. But he was really slow and ultimately didn't bring much. And, and you know what? I think we would feel differently in this conversation if you had gotten Treadwell – 
in the sixth round or something. Right. You know, right. then we say, okay, he, he can block and he can catch a few passes. But for a first-round pick, I mean, he, there's, there's just nothing there. Yeah, and I think that if Diggs has any sort of setback, that I'd like to see more Stacy Coley because I think there is some potential there. Sure. Um, I mean, he was a seventh-round pick, but I think a major part of that was there was concern about just how seriously he took football, and uh, it seems to be fine since he's gotten here. I mean, I, I didn't get the sense at all through training camp that they were worried about his effort. In fact, you know, as bad as Treadwell has been, or I, I shouldn't say bad, I should just say irrelevant, you would almost right. rather see Caleb Jones be bumped up from the practice squad because Caleb Jones at least showed through training camp and preseason that he could catch a 50-50 ball if he had to go up and get it. And he's a big guy. I mean, he's six foot four and somebody who had a lot of potential but some trouble in college, and I think that hurt him. And he came out and made enough of an impact to be put on the practice squad. That would be even something I'd be interested in exploring. Almost anything except for this because – other teams just don't have to respect him at all when he's out there. Now, if you have Diggs and Thielen and Treadwell on the field, well, then that's fine because they're spending so much on the other two that you know it's probably going to be a one-on-one matchup anyway. But you would right. like to you'd like to have a guy who could occasionally win that one-on-one matchup, and so far he's shown no ability to do that. And the the thing is that with the speed issue. I feel like you have to have so many other things go right to overcome that, and he does not have those things. I say play Jarius right. I mean, if you're going to play Treadwell, play right. He can run. He, he can catch. He's not great, but he is. But but you watch him play, and you say, okay, at least I think in the role that, that he ordinarily occupies, he belongs. I mean, Tre- Treadwell, as far as the art of a receiver goes, looks like he does not belong. You That's know, the best way I could put it. He just looks like he doesn't belong. He doesn't. He doesn't, as a receiver, uh, with the mechanics of the job as far as catching the ball, getting the right depth, running the right routes, um, going up for balls, there's nothing I see where I say, yeah, I see, I see something there. Everything I see says this is, it just, it's not going to work out. With Jarius Wright, um, I think you guys spent a lot of time on it last training camp about his role being reduced, and then we talked about it just intermittently every so often, like, huh, is he going to play or not? The, the fact that he's still here might have to do with contract more than anything, um, just because cutting him would have cost kind of a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, he performed really well in uh, training camp and seemed to get uh, a chemistry with Sam Bradford, and he does. He runs the right route every time, and he catches the ball when you throw it to him. He made a really good catch the other day. If he's got one-on-one, he can get enough separation to make a play, and he's repeatedly shown that. He's a much better role-playing wide receiver, and I I think the big part of it with Treadwell, it it is what you're talking about, that he is a good blocker, and everything has to start with the run game, especially with Case Keenum in. But, Mm -hmm. you, you know... Michael Floyd was supposed to solve this problem, and I, I feel like we haven't really touched on it at all, Judd, that Floyd came back after sit, sitting out the first four games and immediately got a hamstring injury. And that is certainly got to be frustrating for the Vikings, who stuck their neck out for him to come to Minnesota after the kombucha tea incident. They stood up, stood up for him. Yep, absolutely. He makes one good catch in Chicago and then can't get back on the field, and he's been limited in practice this week, so I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, this might end up being something we spent a ton of time talking about that just made really no difference at all. 
True, and yeah, I'm, and I mean that's that has has certainly happened in the past before, so it wouldn't be a shock. Um, but yeah, when the team, you're right, collar the kombucha tea thing. I mean, they really went to bat, stuck their necks out, and there's a there's a fighting chance that he's going to catch at this rate. What about five balls? I got a question for you on Treadwell, and this is going to sound crazy, but if he is going to continue uh, to play in this league, if, if he has aspirations to stick in this league long-term, is he possibly, and it might not be here, is he possibly a tight end? No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, he's not a wide receiver. I don't think he's big enough. I mean, 220 pounds is probably not big enough to be a tight end. I, mean, I was talking to David Morgan the other day, and it's not that David Morgan is every tight end. He's a blocking tight end. But these tight, right. these tight ends are huge. Like the guys who can run four six, Bucky Hodges was gigantic. I mean, you have to be able to block mm. defensive ends. I, that's what I was discussing with Morgan. I was saying because David Morgan was initially a wide receiver, believe it or not. Like when he okay. was when he was going into college, and then he sort of made that transition as he went along, and then he had to learn how to block, and he had to put on muscle and weight and all that, and. and so on tape, you see him all the time blocking linebackers and defensive end. That's way different than taking on a safety or a cornerback. Treadwell yeah. is strong enough to eliminate a corner. He is not strong enough to eliminate a defensive end. And we've seen, think about how strong Kyle Rudolph must be. And we've seen the yep. struggles he's had throughout, even if, even with better technique. I mean, I think that would be a really, really difficult matchup. So my I, point on, I don't, uh, I don't see it. Uh, my point on Laquan was if he balked up and Heck, if he got fat, it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> hurt because he's got no speed. You know, like he could bulk, like he could bulk up a lot, and he's and he's so slow, it wouldn't matter. You you want him to get on the uh, Homer Simpson plan where he purposefully gained <laughs> a bunch of weight so he could work from home? Yes. Um, have you seen that? Well, tell me you've seen that one. Yes, I have. Okay, that's, that's a yeah. classic. But that is that's yeah. I mean, Laquan, you know, okay, so he shows up at two seventy five or something. Who cares? <laughs> he can't be any slower. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you bringing that up tells us exactly where we are with Treadwell's career and maybe they continue to let him hang around and hang around. But I I feel like this could be it for him. Usually a team would never cut a first round pick through their first four years when they have them on the rookie deal. But if it's possible, I think it's possible with this situation. Um, on the trade deadline point, a couple of different outlets have listed one Teddy Bridgewater as someone who could get traded at the deadline, which to me, Judd says they haven't really been doing their Googling because under no situation, scenario, possibility, could I ever see Teddy Bridgewater traded at the deadline? No. In fact, who, who has even um, speculated about that? That's, craziness that's well, crazy talk Schefter had a for fun trades that won't happen so okay. like okay one of those yeah. don't at me sort of things don't send yep. me angry emails but yep. he included Bridgewater and had him being traded to Arizona because their quarterback situation is tough if only there were a free agent quarterback Judd who's just out there and maybe had had some success and mi- no uh anyway <laughs> so he had that and then bleacher report did their trade for all 32 teams and they had him Bridgewater being traded somewhere else. I think Jacksonville. And what's crazy to me, Judd is these people who wrote these up, including Schefter 
seem to think that Case Keenum has been very good. And that, I mean, I don't expect them to watch every game everywhere, but the saying that, well, they don't really need Bridgewater to come back because Keenum is fine. That blows my mind. No, the whole thing's crazy. And, and I mean, I, I, I know that I, I spent a lot of time in the, uh, in the summer talking about this and saying it might not happen, or I didn't think it would happen. But I mean, I've pretty much convinced myself that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play and he's going to play for the Vikings. And he's probably going to play within a month or so. So, I, I mean, if you were to ask me right now, I, I would say the best chance is that Teddy Bridgewater is going to, at some point in time here, get into a game. And and also, the other coach speak thing that Zimmer's been doing that, that we haven't talked a lot about and I haven't read a, a lot about, but it's very important, is that he has not been devoting one word to saying, Keenum's my guy. Case is doing, he says Case is doing a nice job, and he says Shermer's doing a nice job coaching him. But unless I missed it, I haven't seen a column, I haven't seen an article, and I haven't seen a real answer that he's given at a press conference saying, quit with all your questions about Teddy, Case is doing a great job, and he's my guy. I mean, I think that I think the, this whole thing is, is greased perfectly for Bridgewater at some point in time to play. I think there, I think there gets to be a better chance every day that goes by Matthew that uh, that Sam Bradford doesn't play again for this team and uh, so yeah the whole the whole trade thing and and you know also keep keep in mind the the deadline trades in this league are few and far between and they're certainly ordinarily not sexy so one I don't think there's going to be any significant trades and they won't include the Vikings for sure uh, but two I think it's very interesting that Zimmer's doing everything he can or has done so far not to devote his full attention and or praise and or devotion to Case. And I think that's because at some point in time, he fully intends for, te- for Teddy to play uh, within the next month or so. Unless there's a setback, I feel like sure. I'm yeah. 100% in Teddy Bridgewater is playing soon. I'm just not sure when. But, yep. I mean, it sounds like the way everybody has talked about Bridgewater is that he's going to be back, which will be remarkable when it happens. But... Um, I, I mean, I'm going to be surprised by it when it happens, even when I see it because of how severe the injury was, but I totally agree that that's where everybody is leaning. So any conversation about trading him is just bat bleep. Um, when, uh, we're talking about the deadline, is there anything, if you are the Vikings last year now, <clears throat> maybe we were right in having this conversation last year, we were saying yep. trade for someone's left tackle anyone it doesn't matter whoever will sell you one for whatever price get a left tackle and they didn't and they lost a bunch of games uh mm-hmm. this year is there anything that you would trade for um in this league the way trades work with what no no i, I don't think there, there is I, I mean i'm sure there's always depth that you could get somewhere uh but there's nothing i mean the left tackle thing to me last year was so egregious and it was so bad. And you said, you got to, you got to do something. And in retrospect, they signed what Rashad Hill off the Jags practice squad. And they should have just coached him up and played him. We now know that. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's nothing that I, there's nothing I see out there. And there's, no, there's nothing with the, Vi- the Vikings current roster where I say you should definitely make a trade. So my answer would be no on that. How about you? Um, the only position I could see. And we'll, I guess we'll find out this week how well it works. Um, 
is just a backup safety. Um, you know, they traded for Tremaine Brock to give them some depth on uh, the cornerback position. And then I feel like I've seen a few tweets where people have said, well, why isn't Tremaine Brock playing? Like, ah, cause their secondary has been great. That's why. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they, right. they got him as a just in case and Mackenzie Alexander has only played here and there and he's been mostly fine when he has. So you didn't really need Tremaine Brock. And by the way, can we just put, you know, just hit pause for one second and say, Terrence Newman is an incredible specimen, right? To be 30, uh-huh. 39 years old and still take on the number of plays that he does and the assignments that he does, a, a different position, a guy making a position switch at 39 years old, and he is still rated as an above-average player by Pro Football Focus. Has there, ever, has there been a time this season where you've noticed Terrence Newman and said, oh, man, the ages hit him hard? I, there hasn't been for me. Remarkably, no. And and can I can I draw off of your point there? Can I draw a parallel here that, that just occurred to me as you talked about this? Is the Vikings secondary the equivalent of the 2017 really good bullpen in baseball? With all the rotations they use, mm-hmm. and they've got their stud closers. I mean, I mean they've got they've got some stud players. So I'm not for one second saying that they that they don't have you know what would be in baseball, your dominant eighth inning and, and then closer guy. But if you look at the way they rotate guys in fairly seamlessly, right? Mm-hmm. And, they've, and they've gotten a lot, I think, through Trey Waynes. And as you just said, when Alexander has had to play, he has. And I thought he might be a disaster, and he hasn't been to his credit. But do the Vikings have a secondary that is that is the equivalent of the modern-day bullpen in baseball? Well, the fact that the great teams with great bullpens only need five innings out of their starters is a little bit like this because the Vikings only need 80 to 90% of the snaps out of their starters, which means that they can give them full series off and not yep. be worried. And, and that, I mean, just the more rest you can get, uh, and, and this is helped by the fact that they've run the ball really well too, but the more rest you can get for Xavier Rhodes when you can find it, then he's going to be at 100% when you send him out there. And, and that is a benefit, I think. Yeah, for sure. And trading for Tremaine Brock might not make a huge difference in the end, uh, but it could have. And that's why I think it was the right move to make. If you were going to argue that there needs to be something, I would say it's a backup safety. Uh, Anthony Harris was okay, but I don't really trust Anthony Harris after what we saw in Indianapolis outside of on special teams. And mm-hmm. Jaron curse has turned into a phenomenal special teams player. There's a, mm-hmm. hand, there's a handful of teams that have one guy. That's just a great special teams player and doesn't do anything else. Well, this is your guy and he's really good at it other than Marcus Sherrill's, but even, but not even touching the football. They just run down the field and tackle people. Right. Jaron curse is great at it, but he can't play safety. So if there was one spot, that's where I would say it would be. Uh, Last thing for you, Judd, an article from Mike Sando of ESPN put odds on where Kirk Cousins will land next season, and he included the Minnesota Vikings. Was Mm -hmm. Was he right or wrong to include the Minnesota Vikings in that conversation? I think he was right to include them. It's intriguing. It's certainly possible, but I think it's wrong. I don't think he, I think he either goes, uh, back to the Redskins on a franchise tag for, I believe, what would be the third consecutive year. Or, more likely, if he doesn't, he goes to San Francisco and joins uh, Shanahan out there. Uh, I think the 49ers have been after Cousins for a few years. 
I don't see the Vikings giving a guy like Cousins the type of term on contract and the type of cash he wants. I think if they're going to, I mean, part of the difficulty of this conversation revolves around the fact that Teddy is yet to come back. And so we don't know. We don't know if they're going to try and toll his contract. We don't know if they're going to bring him back and he's going to look great. And they signed to a long-term extension. We don't know if he's going to come back and have problems and then, and they're therefore, you know, not get a long-term extension and who, who knows what. So going down that path, it makes the conversation a little bit difficult, but let's just say that Teddy tries to come back. It doesn't work. And so, and so the Vikings are very, skittish about his potential opportunities and he either leaves here or gets a a backup deal here um i think the odds are much greater that the vikings go after a a veteran quarterback on a very short-term deal well paid possibly but i don't know that, that they would go after cousins and give him the contract he's going to get which is which would be what around 30 mil per year yeah multi-year probably. deal yeah. i think that's i i don't the Vikings are very well run from a salary cap standpoint. And the Vikings have been very, very good about keeping their core key players, which includes a lot of players on defense. So do I really think that they're going to upset that by signing Cousins? No. If they had the right quarterback, I think they would. But I don't think they would introduce Cousins to their roster at the price that that one would take. I really don't. Yeah, well, the one thing here for affording cousins is that if Sam Bradford is off the books and cousins is on, you still need to pay Anthony Barr. You still need to pay Stefan Diggs, and that's going to cost you a lot. Uh, Amen. Yep. But it, but it isn't that much different in terms of what you'd be giving Kirk cousins. And it's possible that you could structure that deal to give you a little breathing room in the first couple of years. Uh, I, I would be in on cousins if he wanted to come to Minnesota not because I fully believe in him. I believe that he is the definition of a system quarterback, that he has a lot of great weapons, he has a great offensive line, and he's got a great offensive coordinator. But I think he would come to Minnesota with all of those things, that he would have a, a good line, a good coordinator, and all sorts of weapons everywhere. And if he could produce what he's produced in Washington, you're talking about a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl within the next couple of years or compete for one for sure. I'll take that. I mean, even if the deal toward the back end, if you lose some players, some guys retire, some guys leave in free agency, even if that were to happen, give me a couple of year window still where you have a chance to legitimately compete in the playoffs and I'll take it. And I think that you need uh, with a win now team, you need it resolved one way or the other. If Teddy cannot come back and look like himself or he's just dead set on leaving, which I kind of doubt, but if he doesn't look like himself and his contract doesn't toll, then you are in a situation where you need to get a real quarterback. It can't be Mike Glennon. It can't be Brock Osweiler. It can't be the fourth quarterback in the draft, unless for some reason Lamar Jackson drops, but I don't think that'll happen. You know, it's got to be somebody real, and there's not going to be that many options for real quarterbacks that are out there unless you're bringing back Bradford or it's somebody like Cousins, which is a really – unique circumstance don't forget though this team's ability to uh to sign a veteran quarterback for yes. a year or two left it's a long list and uh yeah i just the hope has to be that teddy comes back this year replaces case at some point plays well he might not be great but he plays well and they say the recovery is going well and, and you should showed us enough to give you what a three-year contract right i mean that has to be the hope deep down um, 
But the worst case is I just – a guy like Cousins is going to hit the market and get offered so much. I just don't know if, if it wouldn't be too rich for a team that does a very good job and is very intent on signing its players around him. The one thing I know, though, is Bradford ain't coming back. There is no – there's so many things now. I mean, the knee's a big problem. I get that. Zimmer, my guess is he's he's just done with this whole thing because, I'm you know, Mike being Mike is very big on reliability and can you play for me, and, and this guy can't. And, you know, Mike keeps saying it's still non-surgical, which is very much code for I know what the hell's going on here. So, um, but I got to think that, that the hope deep down is Teddy comes back this year, plays – well enough to justify a contract extension, let's say it's three years, and that he's the opening day quarterback in 2018. Uh, Judd, is there any chance that the Minnesota Vikings do not win at Twickenham Stadium? I don't see how. I don't see how you don't win that game. I mean, we're talking about a Cleveland Browns team that's won, what, one game in now the past two years? That's um, correct, yes. Good, good defense atrocious atrocious abysmal offense uh head coach and hugh jackson who's almost certainly going to get fired i would guess after this year they're starting what uh, deshaun kaiser again now they've gone through three quarterbacks the vikings defense is fantastic um this is as close to a loser proof game as you can possibly get in my mind you would literally have to not show up i mean the browns don't care the browns are done Joe Thomas is out now. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's playing left tackle for this poor godforsaken club? <laughs> there's just there's so there's so many. I, I guess the question is, if Case Keenum's terrible and the offense goes on, on the fritz, I think there's a fighting chance the defense scores ten points. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's going to be. I don't see how you lose this game. And this is coming from a guy who's watched this team lose games that where I've been, you know, marvelled at the fact. The Vikings have lost, but I don't see how they lose. Uh, so I was on uh, Cleveland Radio, ESPN station in Cleveland, and yes. they asked me the same question, and I said it would be like if Homer Simpson had beaten Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> and I don't think they even came close to getting the joke, but uh, I hope any Simpsons fan out there appreciates that. So as long as the fan man doesn't fly in and change the, the, this, uh, the outcome of this game, I, the Vikings yes. should most certainly win. Yes. I mean, this is, this is as close to a loser-proof game as you can possibly get. Because I don't – I mean, the defense would need, would need to have five guys go out with injuries. The Vikings defense. It's, it's always possible. I, there's, there, I've only been here for what? Maybe uh, – well, if Teddy's been hurt for 14 months, that means I've been here for 14 months. And, um, well, I have known to say now that uh, anything could possibly happen to this team. Oh, that's true. Anything that's is possible. True. But I'm very, I'm very confident that the Vikings will go into the bye with six victories. I am too. Okay, Judd, that's enough. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 